You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye, baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive, this game is over! Goodbye, baseball! Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, line. here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. And I hope to see you at Safeco Field this week in what is going to be a very, very big week at Safeco Field. We have a lot to talk about in this podcast. Some good news over the weekend, some bad news over the weekend, and what it all means moving forward. Also, as Aaron Goldsmith promised, you'll hear the entire speech from Dave Niehaus. Yesterday, Hall of Fame Day, and we're going to celebrate by listening to the Dave speech, which is just one of the best ever. Also, we'll hear from Mel Stottlemyre Jr., pitching coach for the Mariners. He's going to talk about Felix coming up in just a few minutes with Rick Riz. So the bad news from over the weekend, the Angels take two of three, but the Mariners able to salvage the finale in the final game yesterday the good news is the Astros were swept aside they've lost four in a row so the Mariners despite losing two of three actually gain ground on Houston coming up with the big three-game series starting tonight against Houston Oakland they got swept in Colorado they've lost three in a row so the Mariners gain a game on the Oakland A's so the Mariners now four games back of the Astros coming into the series tonight and two games ahead of the A's coming up tonight Yankees team will be watching as well they won a couple in a row after splitting a doubleheader on Saturday and then winning yesterday beating the Royals they're they're now 67 and 37 and five and a half games up on the Mariners so that's where everything sits after the weekend for the Mariners it was a struggle in the first two games this weekend against the Angels Close one in the first game of the series. Actually, the first extra inning loss of the season for the Mariners as the Angels walked off the M's 4-3, the final score. Cole Calhoun, a homer in the 10th to end it. And then on Saturday, Felix Hernandez got rocked around. He got chased early. The Angels went 11-5 going away. And then yesterday, the Mariners looking to salvage the finale And a much-needed first inning as the Mariners explode in the first. And the 1-1 on the way. Swing and a line drive down the left field line. A fair ball in toward the corner. That's going to score two. Healy will score from third. Gamble rounding third. He'll score. Mike Zanino in its second base with a two-run double. And it's now the Mariners' seven. And the Angels, nothing. They haven't hit. We're in the top of the first inning. And here comes Mike Sosha out of the dugout. And that is it for Felix Pena. Yeah, a seven spot in the first inning for the Mariners. The Angels would chip away at that lead, but some big defense along the way helped the Mariners keep that lead. The next pitch. 
Swing and it's lifted out to left field. Span is racing back. He's by the wall. He leaps and he makes the catch. Denard Span with some robbery in Anaheim. That glove right on top of the wall. High fives from Heredia. Span is fired up on a blazing hot day here in Orange County as he just took one back from Angleton Simmons. Incredible catch right there. And, of course, Marco Gonzalez was solid as he always seems to be. The 0-2 to Trout. Strike three called. Fastball gets Trout admiring. Marco Gonzalez with six strikeouts over three scoreless frames to begin things here in Anaheim today. Very, very solid. Six innings of seven hit ball, two runs for Gonzalez, seven punch outs on 90 pitches. Mariners win 8-5. to five. Edwin Diaz, his 39th save of the season. So the Mariners secure the finale. They lose the series. They get the final game of the series and now head home to take on the Astros. First, let's hear from the skipper before we talk about Houston, get his thoughts on the win last night. Last night you talked about Marco coming in and needing a good start from him. It looks like you're off and turning the tables a little bit. And- Went ahead and gave him. Yeah, it was just, guys came out with <laughs> fired up today, really good intent. Really, when we got in the clubhouse today, I just, you know, we need to relax. You know, go out and, and have fun, put a smile on our face, and go play. And I think, you know, you know, we're really good when we do that. You know, we got the ball rolling there in the first inning. You know, their pitcher did not settle in at all. We took advantage of it. You know, and we had five or six hits in the first inning, a couple of walks. We put seven up. And, you know, Marco wasn't real sharp. You know, the first inning, some balls were up. He made a good adjustment as the game went on. Probably didn't have his best stuff today by any means. You know, he really didn't have his top-notch curveball, and the changeup was just okay. But uh, that's what he's done all year. Even the days he doesn't have his A game, he's able to keep us in the ball game. Certainly with the scoring the runs early helped him, but uh, really nice effort by him. That's exactly what we needed. What does that say? This is the fifth time he's faced them. Is this like the only team he's seen pretty much for the last He's month? seen the Angels a lot, and uh, for whatever reason, he's, he's done it a little bit differently every time against them. It hasn't been one dominant pitch or a certain way of pitching guys, but uh, you know, I thought Zanino did a nice job with him today, really settled him down because he was not really sharp the first inning or two, but he got on a nice roll after that. Other than the, the Upton homer, it was, it was an outstanding standing out. Yeah, big play. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, you know, uh, you needed something to pick us up there. Vinny was not sharp today. Uh, you know, they were on him. Uh, Nakasa did a nice job, you know, coming in, shutting it down. And Colome and Diaz do what they do. You know, it's probably the, <laughs> I would like to think they're the best back-end duo in the league. They've been outstanding for us, certainly lately. Colome has been throwing great, which has been awesome to see. Was there an exhale when you guys just had that kind of big breakout inning you've been waiting for so long to have that kind of... Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've been due for one of those. I said to, to Manny last night, you know, when are we going to jump out and get a, put a seven or eight spot up there on somebody? And, and we did, you know, right out of the shoot today. But, you know, good at bats. You know, we shook the lineup up a little bit today. And even the guys, you know, I thought, you know, Haney hasn't been swinging that great, but he gets a couple walks, gets a hit today. You know, everybody contributed. You know, we needed to get this ball game, get back home, and, and you know, keep the offense going when we get back home. Sure, I know you're a fan of football, but seeing your first baseman and your catcher collide, like, that, probably not ideal for you there. That was rough. Yeah, those are two very big dudes. <laughs> they are. Uh, you know, I was just yelling at Z the whole time. I didn't see Healy come. I'm saying right in front of the play. And Healy kind of came out of nowhere, you know, obviously big out in the game. Both guys are busting their tail to get to it. You know, really good effort, thank God. You know, they're going to be a little bit sore tomorrow, but, you know, everybody came out of it okay. So, like, your offense was aggressive all weekend, maybe against you guys the first two games, but today it worked out for 
you know, our offense is always aggressive. Uh, you know, our guys are going get to get their hacks in, you know, but you got to get good pitches. And like I said, I thought we did a good job, you know, keeping the, the lineup moving. I think we've been 11 guys to, to the plate in the first inning. We have not brought 11 guys to the plate, I don't think, in any inning this year. At least it's been a while. So uh, it was great to see, and you know, guys relaxed, and it was, a, it was a fun day. You mentioned they were relaxed in the clubhouse earlier. Was there a talk, or did they come in relaxed? No, let's just, let's just have fun today. Uh, let's, let's go back to doing what we do. And, uh, you know, uh, we jumped on them early, like I said. Starters are oftentimes most vulnerable in that first inning, and their guy really was not able to settle in, and we took advantage of it. No doubt about that, and that was great to see the Mariners' offense really cooking early in that ball game. They hold on for the win in Game Three of the series. Here's what Mike Zanino had to say after the ball game. Oh, was, I just dropped a shoulder on him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, it was nothing but shoulder into sternum over there. So other than that, we're all good. Who got up first? We couldn't tell. I absolutely got up first. <laughs> Beat the we have video replay. Do you agree with the E3 call on that one too? Ah, Dad. What? <laughs> That's a pretty tough error for anybody in that one. Yeah. And with that first inning, get out and get going out. How do you Yeah, you know, I think we've had some good at bats, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, once you start piecing them together and they start to fall, we can do stuff like that. And uh, it's been a little while since we have, but I mean, everyone's putting some quality at bats together, and uh, it's nice to see that happen. Like you guys were due for kind of an explosion of offense at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those you have to weather the storm sometimes and continue to have good at-bats, and uh, I feel like we've done that. Hopefully this opens up the door for us going forward. Well, good to feel it was a bunch of people. You had the three RBIs, a bunch of guys had three hits, and it was a whole team effort. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's when we were playing extremely well, that's what we were doing. I mean, you didn't know who was going to be that day, but you knew someone was going to step up for us. So, I mean, when we can have that from top to bottom, uh, it's a tough lineup to pitch to. One game kind of make you guys remember that offense kind of remind you of that yeah I thought guys put it about really good at bats all day today and you know it, it's tough when you see a different guy every inning but guys still continue to compete and I thought we did a good job that's helping continue that into this next series at home when you got to the clubhouse today what was it like Skipper said hey we need energy today and, and to relax yeah you know it, it was it was loose you know and that's that's the group here you I mean obviously we got some veteran guys that, that know that no matter what it's a long season and uh, to keep it loose and uh, I mean we know eventually it's going to come back and click so uh, hopefully rather sooner than later, but I thought we did a good job today. He's been unbelievable, you know, uh, and one of those things where it's not the easiest thing to do to, to pitch with that big of a leap, and uh, it's also not that easy to do when it's that hot out to that line. But, uh, you know, he didn't give in. He pitched his game. Uh, I thought he pitched an extremely good game. Like, is it easy when, because he, he's got four pitches, four or five pitches? Yeah. You guys don't fall into patterns. You've chased these guys a ton mm-hmm. of times. It seems you attack them differently every time. Yeah, I mean, that's what we try to do, obviously. I and mean, you, you sort of have to feel them out. Obviously, jumping out to that lead uh, the, the first and second time through, they're a little bit more patient, became more aggressive late. Um, you know, it's just one of those where you just sort of have to, I mean, when you face a team so many times, you sort of become creative. And his, his pitching's been so well. Four of his pitches have been great. So you can do that with him. There was Mike Zanino after the game yesterday. So the Mariners get the win. They come home in a big series starting tonight. We're expecting James Paxton take the mound in game one tonight against the Houston Astros. Now, Houston, they've lost four in a row. Also, Altuve on the disabled list. So they're not playing their best baseball of the season. They're going to turn to Garrett Cole in game one. Cole 10 and 2 with a 2-5-4 ERA. Paxton off the DL, 8-4, a 3-7-0. That is a delicious matchup. 7-10 first pitch tonight at Safeco Field. Then on Tuesday, 7-10 again at Safeco. It's expected to be 
Mike Leak for the Mariners, Charlie Morton, the all-star going for Houston in game two of the series, and then day baseball on Wednesday. Man, this is one's going to be tough to beat. Great weather, great baseball, 110 first pitch. Wade LeBlanc against Dallas Keuchel. A couple lefties go at it in game three of the series. So, this is this is going to be fun. Three games against Houston starting tonight. Paxton against Cole. It should be fantastic. Now, on Thursday, Felix Hernandez is scheduled to take the ball for the Mariners against the Blue Jays. And it was a real struggle for Felix against the Angels over the weekend. He ended up going two and two-thirds, six hits, seven runs earned, a couple of walks, and a strikeout in that ballgame. Rick Riz, before the ballgame yesterday, a chance to catch up with Mel Stottlemyre Jr., talk some pitching, and talk some Felix. Mel Stottlemyre Jr., Mel, last night, uh, Angels win it by a score of 11-5. to Felix Hernandez, a rough outing last night, two and two-thirds innings, gave up seven runs, all earned. What was going on with Felix last night? I mean, it happens, you know, you, over the course of the season, guys are going to make 34 starts and, you know, they're going to have some blemishes. They're going to have a couple tra- what I call train wrecks. You know, last night, Felix just had a hard time locating his stuff, finishing his pitches. You know, the command thing got, got in his way. And, you know, he, he was out trying to make some adjust- adjustments. I know he got frustrated with some things, but it just it was a bad night for Felix. And all of our guys at some point uh, are going to go through those. We don't like them. He doesn't like them, and, uh, you know, we got to get back to work. Felix has been evolving as a pitcher this year at his age in the early 30s. Uh, what is it going to take to get him back to, to the pitcher that we've seen at times during the course of the year? Well, it's to be able to command all of his stuff. You know, his we, you look at his usage, and he's using his curveball more often, his changeup, but he's got to be able to command those those pitches in good spots and try to stay away from having to throw too many fastballs in bad spots. So, you know, in the case of last night, you know, he made some mistakes with his breaking ball and bad parts of the plate. It, it's a tough lineup. Uh, you know, these guys don't chase out of the zone a whole lot. They're pretty good in-zone breaking ball hitters. And, you know, he just made a lot of mistakes in bad spots. So <clears throat> we got to get him back. And like you said, yeah. he had some good outings where he was putting it all together with the same uh, type of usage and uh, you know he's able to go out and kind of reinvent himself and do some things differently and has done a good job doing that last night just wasn't wasn't the night yeah last night he was kind of rough on himself he said it was his worst outing I don't know if for the season or of his career but uh, he was kind of tough on himself as a pitching coach you have to be part-time psychologist with the, these are your kids you know and you want them to do so well over the next few days what what do you do with Felix just leave him alone and and then get back to work get back on the mound get ready for that next start yeah I've never been one you know after games with the emotions are high to be able to go in and console him or uh, other than a pat on the back the next day we'll start our conversations on the adjustments that we need to make and you know I've always said that when it's the players 
thoughts or his ideas they become more valuable so I'm I'm going to talk with him today I'm going to get his insight and then I'm going to give him mine and hopefully we can get something together and get a game plan and and move forward and try to figure out how we can make him more productive okay you're going to get him going roster move today Casey Lawrence is sent down this guy has been up and down and he's helped out in so many roles tell me a little bit about what Casey has meant to this ball club I mean it's it's a tough role to pitch in and you know the one thing in that role is you you have to be secure in your own skin and you have to know who you are and that's what Casey does and you know he he just went 14 days without pitching last night he went four and a third and did a great job and we know what we're going to get from Casey he's going to throw strikes he's going to mix his pitches and came into a tough spot of the game he's he's still a little upset about about the one pitch that he made but uh, did a great job and you know he, he provides us with some security and if he had to go three innings we know that what we're going to get from Casey the next day he can give us another inning and yeah. It is a tough role. It's tough to stay sharp and to keep yourself going when you go that long without facing hitters. But he's one that that can do it, and he's done it well. And, and we know when he comes back up what we're going to get from Casey. GM Jerry Depoto makes a trade with the St. Louis Cardinals. You acquire a, a reliever by the name of Sam Tuivalolo. Uh, we'll call Something him like Tui. <laughs> what can you tell us about uh, Sam, 25 years of age, 3-3 three and three, with about a 3.690 ERA coming over from the Cardinals? And how does he fit in right now with your bullpen? Yeah, well, you know, I did my, uh, my due diligence and made a call to Mike Maddox and uh, a guy that I trust and has been in the game a long time. So I wanted to get some insight on, on Tui. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that, that was a converted guy was actually a uh, an outfielder and then they moved to the infield and then converted to pitching and he's always been in the bullpen up through the Cardinals organization and uh, over the last couple of years they're starting to put some things together it's a stuff guy it's a two seam fastball uh, it's a three pitch mix it's a curveball it's a, it's a slider uh, he's throwing his stuff you know more in the zone He's got lots of weapons to get swing and miss stuff, although he puts the ball on the ground, too, which we like out there in the bullpen. And so for now, you know, Scott and I talked. We're going to kind of just let him get his feet wet, let him be who he is, kind of as we've done with all of our players, and then see where he fits in. We know he can go multiple innings. We know he can go back-to-back. And uh, still a young kid, still learn how to pitch with stuff. I'm sure we're going to see Tui. Real soon this afternoon, Marco Gonzalez going for your ball club. Final game of the three-game series. Mel, thanks a lot for the visit. Always a pleasure, Rick. And yesterday, Hall of Fame day. Always such a fun day. And we'll do more on the Hall of Fame as we move through this week. But let's celebrate today by listening to Dave Niehaus and his famous speech. I, I just wish everybody could experience the feeling that I'm having now. There'll never be anything like it again in my lifetime. And about a month ago, I was standing behind the batting cage at Yankee Stadium and asked Reggie Jackson just what advice he would give me on this exact moment. Now I know it was very sage advice. He said, don't look behind you or you don't have a chance. It can be very intimidating, can it ever? Those are real baseball cards back there that and a lot of them uh, made such sweet sound in my bicycle spokes many years ago. And it blows my mind to see them sitting here behind me today. When one receives an ultimate honor like this, the fear is that you are going to forget to thank someone. 
And to him or her, I hereby already apologize. Come with me now to the front porch of 625 Northwest Street, Princeton, Indiana. About 1946 on a hot, sultry July evening, just like today, about 8.30 at night, and an 11-year-old boy is chasing lightning bugs and capturing them in a mason jar that had holes punched into it with an ice pick. Every once in a while, he would squish one between his thumb and forefinger just to see the glow. Now, come on now, you know you've done that too. Dad is sitting on the porch with a cold slice of watermelon on one knee and a hot ear of buttered corn on the other with a cold beverage sitting on the ground, and suddenly, from the old Zenith floor model radio in the living room comes this voice screaming, it might be, it could be, it is. And the young boy jumps about three or four inches off the ground with each halting phrase. Magic is happening in St. Louis, Missouri. Stan Musial has hit another home run about a zillion miles away. And a career has germinated that ends up here in Cooperstown today. Your first thoughts on a day like this go out to your most dearly beloved ones. On a summer evening in 1963, I had a date with a beautiful girl. I was going to take her to Dodger Stadium to see again Stan Musial make his final appearance in Los Angeles. I took her to dinner first. Asked her to marry me, and never made it to the game. And here she sits, 45 years later. I wouldn't be here without you, Marilyn. You gave me two sons and a daughter, and they have given me six fabulous grandchildren. How lucky can a man be? To quote, Hey, Barla Jamadi, the real activity was done with the radio, not the seeing, all falsifying television, and was the playing of the game in the only place it will last, the enclosed green field of the mind. Radio plays with the mind. It gives you a mental workout and delusions of grandeur. That's what Harry Carey did to me. My dad took me to my first big league ballpark at Old Sportsman's Park in St. Louis, probably, I don't know, 1947, 48. And quite frankly, I was never so disappointed in my life. Kerry had put these guys on such a pedestal, I just knew it was a Parthenon. And I was going, that I was going to, and not a ballpark. You know what? Years later, I know I was right on both counts. Once you're bitten by the baseball bug, it never goes away. That's what happened to me after college. I was drafted into the Army, and after basic training, I was assigned to the Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. And after six weeks of on-the-job training, I was sent to New York City to finish out my tour of military duty at 57th and Broadway in the Fisk Building. Tough duty, to be sure. Casey Stengel befriended this lonely GI and talked baseball into the wee hours of the morning one day. After Uncle Sam was done with me, he asked me if I would work for him as a civilian back in Los Angeles, which I did for some six years, broadcasting for EFRS as a civilian to the Angels, the Dodgers, the Lakers, you name it. The best experience a young man could get. Along came 1966, 
and I hooked up with Golden West Broadcasters, owned by the legendary Gene Autry, who, of course, owned the Angels. Ten years later, when I joined the Mariners, Gene said to me, David, you call a hell of a game. Not the game I'm watching, but a hell of a game. So maybe I'm representing the guys that have added a little whipped cream and cherry to the great game of baseball, for which I plead guilty, and I'm very proud. I've been blessed with incredibly talented partners. Dick Enberg, Hall of Famer Don Drysdale, one of my best friends. Wish he could be here today. Buddy Blattner, Don Wells, guy who was like a brother to me for 14 years, Ron Fairley. My current crew in Seattle, the best, Rick Riz. Mike Blowers and Dave Sims, my first partner in Seattle. Ken Wilson is filling in for me today in Toronto. And I don't want to forget him or the world's best radio producer, Kevin Kremen. I've been very lucky with ownerships, all of them. After the original ownership, Ambassador George Ardress bought the ball club, then Jeff Smullyan, and finally, the current group headed by Hiroshi Yamachi, Howard Lincoln, Chris Larson, President Chuck Armstrong, Chairman Emeritus, John Ellis, I thank all of you. I owe all of you my career. Millions of fans from the Northwest stand here with me today. Believe me, without them, I wouldn't be here today. Over the years, they have been my biggest supporters, and they've been loyal to the Mariners throughout thick and thin. And there was never a doubt in my mind about Seattle being big league territory. From the first pitch Diego Segui threw to Jerry Remy 32 years ago, it's been quite a ride and it's not over yet. Believe me, the best is yet to come. Cooperstown makes your heart soar while buckling your knees. Nothing will ever replace this moment for those of us on this stage. To Dick Williams, this is long overdue. Talk to the winners who played for him and they'll swear He's the best there ever was. All... Although there are a few who would run him down with a car. An incredible man, Dick Williams. I was lucky to be with him in two places, in Anaheim and in Seattle. So, Goose Gossage, closing out his career with the Mariners in 1994, not only closed out his career with pride but class. And he was a mentor and a pro's pro. I'll never forget one incident. He won't either. There was a number one draft choice in the bullpen with Gossage. His name will be omitted here. He talked a great game. And finally, Goose went up to this kid and said, just how many Cy Young Awards have you won anyway? And that was the last time you ever heard him chirping. My thanks to Lou Pinella for sharing 10 wonderful years of his life with me. Your legacy will live on forever with the Mariners. And finally, I know there are several bigger names who have preceded me in winning this award. There will be several bigger names after me to win this award, but no one will ever be more appreciative. Thank you very much.